0: Amen. All righty. Well, hey, how many of you guys realize that our government, unfortunately,
1: wastes a lot of money? Have you noticed that? Okay, a couple examples, believe it or not, and I'm not making this up, uh, like they spent $435 for a hammer that cost 15 bucks. That's exciting. They spent $9 million on a space toilet. I thought the ones at Home Depot were expensive. Okay, but that's right folks, believe it or not, I have found something I believe that's even worse than those examples. Okay, it's called the turbo encabulator. And believe it or not, the government is gonna buy it. Let's take a look at that.
0: For a number of years now, work has been proceeding in order to bring perfection to the crudely conceived idea of a transmission that would not only supply inverse reactive current for use in unilateral phase detractors, but would also be capable of automatically synchronizing cardinal grammeters. Such an instrument is the turboencabulator. Now basically, the only new principle involved is that instead of power being generated by the relative motion of conductors and fluxes, it is produced by the modial interaction of magnetoreluctance and capacitive directance. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The latter consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzel veins so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus o-delta type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up-end of the Grammys. The cabulator has now reached a high level of development, and it's being successfully used in the operation of trunnions. Moreover, whenever a fluorescent score motion is required, it may also be employed in conjunction with a drawn reciprocation dingle arm to reduce sinusoidal repleneration. It's not cheap, but I'm sure the government will buy it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Folks, I hope when I share that, uh, first of all, if you didn't realize that was a joke, we'll pray for you. Uh, but uh, how many of you guys believe in the state of our government they actually probably would buy something like that and pay that exorbitant price, what? For something that is totally make-believe. But well, that's right, folks. Tonight I wanted to uh, give you the crone version of a make-believe hoax with the help of uh, Bobby. Come on back, Bobby. Get up for Bobby, the little trusty sidekick. And uh, I call this device uh, the Tall Tale Evolutionator. Okay, now as Bobby gets my uh, chalkboard ready, uh, I'm going to uh, put my lab coat on because you all know if you wear a lab coat, they must be smart, right? So I'm going to give you tonight the crone version of the Tall Tale Evolutionator, all right? Please take it serious, folks, because this could impact your life. It goes something like this. For a number of years now, work has been proceeding on the theory of evolution. And our crudely conceived idea of mankind evolving from a rock over millions and billions of years, as you can clearly see there, has produced a certain unilateral amount of phase detractors and various modal fluxes within the minds of the people. Scientific data is completely lacking, and we've developed various dating methods that are completely unreliable, just like sinusoidal replenilation ding alarms but we're sure that the score motion inherent in phoescent circular reasoning will convince the people of our momentous operation that we have developed and yes while we realize that we're saying that all of life came from a doll of dirt that came from nowhere and exploded into everything we see today this does carry with it Tom a certain amount of panometric hydrocoptic grammeter retractors But being encouraged we're sure the public will buy it because after all we own the media and the public education system.
0: Yeah! yeah.
1: Alright, Bobby, if you can put that back there. That's right. How many of you guys are going to buy the Tall Tale Evolutionator device that I came up with? If I can get this thing off, I don't know if I can. But uh, the reason why I bring that up is because, folks, if you really think about it, and all the weeks that we've been dealing with the live evolution, okay, how many would say that that is about as accurate as it gets when it comes to the supposed proof of evolution? Okay, it is just as bankrupt, just as make-believe as the turbo-encabulator, right? But because you what? You wear lab coats and you use this big fancy language that nobody can understand, the people believe it, right? That's what it is. And it's not just a bunch of baloney. As we've been seeing, folks, it's a huge stumbling block for people receiving the good news of the gospel. Let's take a look at another example of that. Uh, One guy says this. He says, I wish, first of all, there was some way that all of you could know the impact you've had on my life, on my family, and very specifically, on my best friend, Holly. I'll give it up for Holly, best friend for everybody. Hey, Tom, is she your best friend? Say yes, you'll score points. Smart guy tonight. That's right, best friend Holly, but I think it's a different one. And he says this, when I met her, she was very wishy-washy in everything, especially the Christian faith. I, I was never completely sure she was even born again. However, since she has watched some of your tapes on what? Creation versus evolution, her life has changed. She's getting baptized August 13, and she's attending a church, what a concept here, that believes the Bible is actually true. <laughs> Thank you, right? And again, you take a look at it, folks. How many of you guys would say that getting equipped in the truth about creation versus evolution is a powerful way to share the gospel? I'm telling you, folks, it's a huge stumbling block for people coming to Christ, okay? And that's why we're going to continue our study uh taking a look at god's witness of creation okay and again what we're doing is we're taking a look at different evidences that god's left behind for us to show us he's not just real but we really can have a relationship with him through jesus christ anybody excited about that yeah that's the great news okay and so far we <laughs> and so far you give the guys five bucks they'll do anything uh, let's amp it up for ten bucks next week see what we get fireworks i don't know uh, but we've already seen okay the last uh uh, uh time us uh, ten times in a row uh, we saw intelligent creation or intelligent design from the telescope to the microscope. No way this is by chance. We were designed by a designer god. The last five times we saw the second evidence was the evidence of a young creation or young earth. Okay? We have not been here for millions and billions of years as the live evolution needs to get us to fall for their turbo and story. Okay, uh, basically. Okay, and we've already seen the first problem with evolution that I have anyway. It calls Jesus Christ a liar, calls God the Father a liar, and if you were here last time, it calls God's Word a liar. Okay, and the way that it does that is it says, oh, no, 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 Uh, the Bible's got it totally wrong. Evolution says, no, 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 God didn't create all of life in six literal days. No, it was purely by accident over millions and billions of years. Okay, so we took a look at another one of their so called dating methods, not just carbon dating, not just the radiometric dating, but that other thing they come up with called the geologic column, okay? now if you're here for that one, wow, that was wild. We saw that that dirty column is a dirty lie. In fact, it's one of the biggest fantasies of all time. And we took a look at the evidence there. We saw, first of all, it's only based in the mind. There is no place on the whole planet that that thing exists in its full form. Nowhere. The only place it exists in its full form is in the cartoon turbo and calculators things in the textbooks, okay? Second thing we saw, it's based on circular reasoning, a faulty process of the mind. How do you know how old those layers are? Well, we date the layers by the rocks. Well, how do you know how old the rocks are? Well, we date the rocks by the fossils, and the fossils by the rocks. What? And they admit it. We saw that last time. Then we saw it's botched by the evidence we do find. You're supposed to have just clams and mollusks on the bottom. Mankind's only supposed to be at the top, but it's mankind's found in every single one of those layers, okay? The whole thing is a bunch of baloney. But you might be thinking, okay, wait a second, Pastor Billy, so... Obviously, the geologic column, carbon dating, radiometric dating has no bearing on the biblical account that God created everything in six literal days, okay, and you add up the dates in the Bible, you get about 6,000 years, okay? So those things do not uh, disprove the biblical account, okay? But there's a couple other things out there that they would say, oh no, we know that we've been here for millions and millions of years. If you don't like our dating methods, just look around. And what they point to is they say that because of the early formation of the earth, and they say that there's things out there like rocks and like caves and like fossils, and we all know that those things take millions of years to form. Therefore, we have to be here for millions of years, even if you don't like our dating methods, right? How many of you guys heard that? Now, the problem is, Uh, yeah, that would prove we've been here for a long process if it took rocks, caves, and fossils a long process to form. But in every single one of those cases we're going to see tonight, it doesn't take a long uh, drawn out process for those to form. They can happen very shortly, very rapidly, exactly like the Bible presupposes. Okay, But don't take my word for it. Let's look at our opening text. Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7. We're going to take a look at the flood account there and uh, if you find Genesis, what do you do? Go to chapter seven, that's right. Then you can stop. Genesis chapter seven, we're gonna start there with verse 17 and then we're gonna continue on to grab the context throughout uh, chapter eight, verse five. But we're dealing with the flood, the worldwide flood, okay? Now as you get ready to turn there, how many guys would say that a worldwide flood would really kinda mess up the real estate on the whole planet, okay? okay and that's exactly what we're gonna see Genesis chapter 7 verse 17 when you get there say moo moo that's a good consensus okay pray for that person there's spiritual warfare tonight lay hands on that's right (laughs) here's what we said Uh, verse 17 for 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth and as the waters increased they lifted the ark high above the earth the waters rose and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the surface of the water a lot of people say, oh, no, the church is going to go through the seven-year tribulation. That's not, excuse me? Uh, the flood was God's first judgment on sin. And uh, where was Noah? Did God tell him to build a submarine and go through the flood? He had him above it, just like we're going to see with the rapture of the church. But anyway, that's a little side story there. Uh, but let's continue on. So he's going, there, it's going to uh, increase there on the earth. And the ark flowed on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 20 feet. So even if you're a really tall person, you'd still go glub, glub, glub if you can make it. Okay, nobody's surviving this thing, and that's what he says. Let's continue on. <clears throat> he said the waters rose, covered the mountains more than 20 feet. Every living thing... "...that moved on the earth perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. Men and animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left, and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for a hundred and fifty days." But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him on the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. So the water receded steadily from the earth. And at the end of 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month, and on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains finally became uh, visible. Okay? So according to our text, God sent a literal worldwide flood that literally covered the whole earth, even to the tops of the mountains above them to 20 feet at least, right? That's what the text says, okay? And what did that literal flood literally do to everything outside the ark that had the breath of life in them? Killed them. Everything died that did not... Uh, get into the ark that was the, of nostrils uh, breathing air, okay? And the reason why I got to uh, delineate that is because skeptics say, well, what about the fish? Well, he didn't mention the fish, okay? He talked, that's why the Bible's specific about the air-breathing land uh, animals, okay? Things that, and so here's my point, but you take a look at the biblical picture, and if you take it at face value, you come to some pretty obvious conclusions. Number one, if there really was a worldwide flood, and it really destroyed everything uh, that had the breath of life in it uh, that was outside the ark number one what we should find is a whole bunch of dead carcasses buried in dirt all over the world what do we find buried in the dirt all over the world tons and tons and tons of dead carcasses okay now two we saw that at some point god if you will pulled the plug and he caused the waters to recede okay we're going to see another text again tonight in psalms that talks about that but he pulled the plug and he drained the waters so that means that all these carcasses are just going to be getting covered with mud and with the heat and the pressure and over time they're going to fossilize pretty quickly right that's what you would see in the scripture and uh number three you're going to see that this rapid water drainage okay because again the flood if you add up the the uh, the whole picture there it's just over a year the flood lasted for not 40 days and 40 nights read the scripture Read the Genesis account, it lasted for over a year. So, if the earth was completely covered uh, by and large for over a year, how many guys would say that would make the dirt kind of soft? So, when then all of a sudden God says, flee, recede, what would that do? You would expect to find that it created all kinds of caves and uh, fissures in the ground, like Grand Canyon and things like that, very rapidly. Right? That's what you would expect if you, found, if you took the Bible at face value. Now, what's the problem? In all those cases, what does evolution say? Oh, no, don't you know it takes millions and millions of years? For no, they don't. And we're going to take a look at that evidence, okay? And the first evidence that we have a rapid-forming earth, it didn't take millions and billions of years, okay, is from the evidence, believe it or not, of rocks, okay? And uh, even though we clearly see that the Bible says that God created the earth, the planet earth, Okay, he did it in one, just one, of the literal six days. Okay, Uh, how many guys have had this explanation for the origin of the planet drilled into your heads? They say this, long ago, long ago and far away, right, you know, just before the turbo-encabulator came into beam, uh, the Earth was a, what? Hot, molten mass, right? And it took millions and millions of years of it raining on this hot molten mass to cool the earth in order to form the rocks or the rocky crust on the earth, right? It took millions of years. Now, here's the point in bringing that up, okay? Not only is that drilled into our heads everywhere we go, but most people don't realize that's not just a personal theory, it's pure baloney. And the first way that we know it's pure baloney is because polonium halos say so. Okay, let's take a look at what's called nature's tiny secret. Did it really take? millions and millions of years of the earth to be formed and cooled from a hot molten mass or did all of a sudden they get created like that let's take a look at some science okay real science this is the guy who uh, found this. this is robert gendry etched within granite the earth's foundational rock are these tiny colored spheres called halos and they're produced by a radioactive decay of polonium okay and what's interesting is how this recent discovery of these polonium halos totally contradict the evolutionary belief that granite Earth's foundational rock, formed as hot magna, uh, slowly cooling over millions of years, okay? Now, let me give you an analogy to hopefully try to understand why this is important. A speck of polonium in a rock can be compared to a hand grenade dropped into a pond of water. How many guys used to fish like that? You need to grow up in the Midwest. Man, that was fun, but boy, was it dumb. Okay, but it wasn't hand grenades. It was just other things. But anyways... (laughs) right but, but that's so if you imagine you could take a hand grenade throw it in the water, what's it going to do? okay boom it 's going to blow up, but the explosion of the grenade would send shrapnel outward in a sphere like you can see with the picture there, okay under the water until eventually the shrapnel would dissipate and land into the water, but eventually be going out in a sphere right now, first of all, if the grenade you said forget that i 'm just going to throw it in a volcano. If you drop the grenade in a molten rock, then the the shrapnel would mud melt and disappear, and it'd be different, okay? Now, here's the point. If the grenade was dropped in a pond and somehow instantly frozen at the point of explosion, then the shrapnel would be preserved in a frozen sphere, like that. It would just like, boom, but if it froze real quickly, it'd give you a little perfect circle, right? That's if somehow you could do that. Now, here's the point. It has been discovered that these polonium halos are found frozen, if you will, all over the world in granite. And this is Earth's foundational rock, okay? So just like the grenade in the pond, the only way that polonium halos could have formed is if, quote, they were instantly encased in solid rock. This is science. This is what they don't want to tell you. In fact, if the rock ever was, including the Earth, a hot molten mass, there would be no traces of these halos left, right? They've been destroyed. Therefore, polonium halos are undeniable evidence that, listen, according to science, A sea of matter froze quickly into solid granite, almost instantaneous. That sounds like what the Bible said. That God said, bang, let there be. And the earth was formed that fast. That's what we see in science. It shows that the earth was formed in a very short amount of time, just like the Bible says. Let's take a look. Here's the actual uh, guys who discovered this.
2: According to all present scientific theories, granites such as this specimen from Pine Peak in Colorado, originated in a molten state, cooled, crystallized, and hardened over millions of years deep in the earth. But if that's the case, the radioactivity produced by polonium would never have been captured. It would have decayed away long before the rock solidified.
3: David Gentry, son of Dr. Robert Gentry and associate in his father's work on creation.
4: We can demonstrate the principle of polonium radiohalos. Imagine, this Alka-Seltzer tablet is a bit of polonium and this glass of water is a piece of molten granite. I drop the tablet in and it begins to fizz. Think of these bubbles as the radiation emitted by that bit of polonium embedded in the granite. This fizz will go away in about 30 seconds and we'll have nothing left but a slightly tangy glass of water. Now, is there any way we could preserve these bubbles as they are? we could try placing the glass in the freezer. The water, of course, would solidify after a while. That's something similar to what evolutionary theory suggests, that molten rock slowly cools to form granite. But as you've already guessed, freezing this glass of Alka-Seltzer wouldn't do any good. The bubbles will have gone long before the water turns to ice. And that's exactly what would have happened to polonium radiation if the granite had slowly cooled it would have disappeared long before any radio halos could have been imprinted in the solid rock. If I show you a frozen glass of water with all the fizz of a tablet still intact like this, you will know that something happened to instantly freeze the water. In this case, we merely froze it instantly in time by a pause of the videotape. Likewise, if we look at a radio halo demonstrated unmistakably to have been produced by a certain kind of polonium, we can know that the granite around it had to be formed instantly.
3: The implications are incredible. If Dr. Robert Gentry is correct, all the evolutionary assumptions about the Earth forming over millions or billions of years are wrong, and the account in Genesis of the creation of the Earth is substantiated. They are a mystery only to those who are determined to stick with their theory of an Earth billions of years old. For those willing to consider the Genesis account of a recent rapid creation, the halos are perfectly understandable. They fit the biblical picture being found in the very rocks called into existence in the beginning of creation week. In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth. For he spake and it was done, he commanded and it stood fast.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So according to science, the picture that we get when you look at the evidence, it's almost like God spoke and he created the earth and it's solidified just like that. Not millions and billions of years, not a hot molten mass. I don't know, this, this turbo-encabulator uh, is looking pretty enticing compared to evolution stories. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't it wild that we live in the days where God has allowed us to have the science to show that he did everything exactly like he said, just like that, in a short amount of time, okay? But that's not all. Uh, not only do they say uh, that uh, the earth was a hot molten mass over millions and billions of years, okay? Uh, but, uh, uh, and Polonian halos, and the scripture obviously proves that that's wrong. But another reason, and another way that we know that it didn't take millions and billions of years for the rocky crust to form, is the rocks themselves. In fact, they, they just recently came out with a rapid rock invention, Okay, let's take a look at that. It proves that it doesn't take millions of years for something to turn into rocks. Let's take a look uh, at that uh, rapid invention. Uh, Recently, some Australian scientists have developed a new revolutionary, new chemical process that transforms loose sediment into rock within how long? Days. All the topography around here in Las Vegas with all the sedimentary layers. What's evolution say? Millions and millions... Started out loose, that's why you see all the curves in it. How does evolution explain that? Right? If this is supposed to be millions and millions and millions of years of these completely flat, perfectly flat layers, why do we see all the way around Las Vegas? Have you noticed it? Have you ever been to red rock? You notice how curved they are? When the last time you guys tried to uh, curve rock, what happened? It breaks. So the only way that you could have curved sedimentary layers is it got curved that way when it was still soft then it hardened into rock. Well, that's what we see. It doesn't take millions of years for things to turn into rock. The invention does not use strange synthetic materials, but it mimics natural processes. Okay, So contrary to the general impression, it does not take millions of years to produce sedimentary rock. All it takes is the right conditions. And of course, you would have those conditions uh, from the flood. The rapid rock invention has uh, lots of uses. They've used it for strengthening weak foundations, stabilizing embankments, strengthening tunnels, in fact, one of the first projects they used it was to repair this historic tunnel in Australia that was dangerous and close to the public, okay? It's always better to use solid rock, okay? After only three applications, the tunnel was strengthened, and, of course, it saved lots of money. So they were excited about it. Now listen to this. When a group of creationists called them, because they put two and two together, oh, wait a second, I thought you said it takes millions of years to form a rock. They actually called the inventors, one of them, to point out that this uh, invention proves that rocks don't need millions of years to form, just the right conditions. The inventor, quote, never replied back, and only later in an article did he say this, quote, we had some inquiries which appeared strange. When I looked into them, I realized that they were from a group of creationists trying to disprove Darwin's theory of evolution. I didn't call them back. Why? I thought, you know, it's science, you're supposed to learn about truth and all that stuff. Or could it be that somebody doesn't want to be confused with the fact, okay, is what's going on, okay? But the facts clearly reveal, folks, when you take a look at this first aspect, rocks, it doesn't take millions of years, number one, for the earth to form, let alone rocks or the rocky crust. It can happen very rapidly, just like the Bible states, okay? The second evidence of a rapid-forming earth is from caves, okay, from caves themselves. How many guys have heard this? Oh, no. You ever taken a cave tour? What do they say to you? it took millions of years for these things are you kidding me but let's refresh our memories uh, let's take a look at the evolutionist version the turbo encabulator version if you will uh, and if you weren't here for the first part watch the video uh, but uh, you'll get that uh, let's take a look at how they say caves came about just to refresh your memory okay in case you didn't go on a caves tour this is the explanation for Carlsbad Cavern they say it began forming me some sixty million years ago by the action of groundwater on the original beds of limestone. As acid rainwater fell on the limestone beds, it nibbled, that's why, slowly but surely, away at the rock until hair thin cracks appeared. Then more rain trickled down, enlarging the cracks and forming paths. Then the paths widened into tunnels. And then the tunnels crisscrossed and grew into rooms until they were created the caves that we have today over 60 million years. Okay, that's what they say, okay? Now, again, how many guys have heard that supposed explanation, right? But let's put it to the test. Let's look at science, right? Does it really take millions of years to form a cave? Absolutely not. And the first reason why we know is, hey, what, is the, what a concept. Uh, because the Bible says so. Let's go to another account that uh, God tells us what happened to the waters after the flood uh, subsided. This is what we see in Psalm 104, verse 6 through 8. You, speaking of God, covered it, the earth with the deep the worldwide flood okay as with the garment the water stood above the mountains but at god's rebuke the waters what they didn't just slowly trickle these babies were moving they fled okay and they uh, the sound of your thunder they took flight so the water is moving fast according to the scripture they flowed what over the mountains and they're cruising then they went whoosh, down into the valleys, okay? To the place that you, God, assigned for them, okay? So again, this is what we see in the scripture. God caused a literal flood and then he literally caused the water to recede very rapidly. And again, as I, we talked about earl- earlier, uh, what would massive amounts of rapid moving water do to soft sediments, soft dirt? Man, you carve out all kinds of things lickety-split. It wouldn't take very long, including cave. right? In fact, this is a, 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 an actual geologist, okay, uh, Dr. Steve Austin, he's been studying and measuring water chemistry and flow rates for years, and he's concluded that a cave 59 meters long and one meter square could form in one year. Now that's at present rates of erosion, which is nothing compared to what happened after the flood right I mean you got massive waters, right but that's just one year so again how fast could caves be formed very rapidly in soft sediment exactly Ruth just like that all over the planet that's what you'd expect to find and that's what we do find okay but but the the second reason why we know that caves didn't form over millions and millions of years is because not only the caves themselves but the cave formations the stalactites and the stalagmites right how many guys remember which ones are which how many of you guys don't want to lie tonight? That's why your hand is glued to the pew. That's right. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so, but now, here's the problem. So evolutionists not only say that the caves took millions and millions of years to form, but they say it also took millions and millions of years of the cave formations to form. The stalactites and stalagmites. So the question is, does it take millions of years for those things to form? Uh-uh. Let's take a look at just some of that proof, folks. Uh, here's a picture of George Rogers Clark Memorial in Indiana. It has water flowing, in the cracks of the building, into the basement, listen, just as it does in a nearby famous cave next to it called the Blue Springs Cave, right? So that cave has water seeping down through it into the cave dripping from the ceiling. This memorial has water dripping down through it, through the cracks, into the basement. Now here's what we find. The result is the same kind of formations that are found in that cave are found in that memorial. That's one of the pictures. What's that look like? It's a Okay, stalactites and stalagmites is another picture, as well as five columns, 11 feet tall, are found in that basement. The problem is the building is only 40 years old when that picture was taken. 40 years. And we know it's 40 years, Ron, because that gentleman there is wearing Greg Brady's sock. You know what I'm saying? And for those of you who've never seen the Brady Bunch, you missed out on that wonderful joke. So let's move on. Uh, in Wyoming, this giant pile of flowstone was made in less than 100 years. True story, 1903, some guy took a pipe, stuck it in the ground because the hot mineral water was bubbling up. It's a guy thing. You got to do something with that water, right? So he made a bubble up through this pipe, and in less than 100 years, it produced that giant flowstone. See the people at the bottom? All man-made. That didn't take millions of years, okay? This picture shows a large stalagmite shawl. Guides to limestone caves say that these lumps of limestone take many thousands, if not millions of years to form. However, this specimen was found in an abandoned gold mine uh, in Australia, only 140 years old. That thing was produced. Here's a, a park service ranger pointing at an interesting stalactite below the Lincoln Memorial. Due to what? Water seeping through the cement. Okay. However, the foundation room is not open to the public, and it's not on the official stop on every tour. Hmm, I wonder why. Could it be because that in February 1968, a curtain of stalactites growing from the foundation was discovered some of them were already five feet long. Why don't you want to show that? And and again, that was 45 years from when it was originally built when they discovered that back in 1923. That didn't take millions of years. One person shared this story. Quote, our family arrived early at the Molly Kathleen gold mine, eager for the tour of our lives. We were 1,000 feet inside the earth. Stalactites and stalagmites were everywhere. Columns were everywhere. In fact, an old wooden chair had stalagmites sitting on it and these are the actual photos, a small stalagmite was even growing up from a discarded explosives container. And she said this, I love this. I thought back to my early evolutionary, long-age training. When I was told that such wonders took millions of years to form, I thought of natural caves that I had toured where I, I'd been given the same story, and I believed it without question. Listen to this, she says, but here, before my eyes, I was looking at things that should not exist. The owner of the mine explained that they had only begun growing since 1961 when the mining operations had ceased and the airflow to the tunnels was shut off. In fact, there had been an amazing growth in the last 20 years and some of the formations were only five and 10 years old. I'll just throw this one out. This was uh, uh, pre-Crumb Snatcher days when Brandy and I used to do bed and breakfast and all those romantic things. And uh, uh, we went to uh, Hearst Castle. You guys ever been there? Back in California on the coast there, right? went there, and you guys ever, if you go on the tour, they got a couple different tours. We went on the tour that you got to see the swimming pool, right? And then they take you on the tour in the swim pool, at least the guy that took us that day, uh, he talked about how they heated that pool back in the day. And I guess the, the, the one part of the pool is kind of lifted up like this as you kind of walk in. Well, underneath it, there's a, a cavity there, and they had a furnace in there that's burning. And he just, just blipped it right out of his mouth. And he says, and you know what's really funny is there's a stalactite growing on... The ceiling there and that pool. It's like, hello. I thought it took millions of years. It was that was it's as far as I know, unless somebody knocked it off, it's still there, if they mention it on the tour. All right. This a picture was taken, I love this one. Is a man-made tunnel in a lead a lead zinc mine in Australia. The mine was only fifty-five years old when this picture was taken. Okay. Notice the tiny men at the bottom sign, If you can see them way down there. These are huge, okay. 55 years old, and this is amazing. October 1953, National Geographic published this photo of a bat that had fallen on a stalagmite in the famous Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico, and it had been cemented on it, okay? The stalagmite had grown so fast, it was able to preserve the bat before the creature had time to decompose. You can actually publish something like that, and yet you still don't put two and two together. Hello, McFly. It obviously didn't take millions of years for that to form, okay? And that was actually in National Geographic, okay? It doesn't take millions of years. The Bible's right. All these things, not just rocks, but even caves, can form very, very rapidly, including stalactites and stalagmites. One more to go. The third evidence of a rapid forming Earth is the evidence of fossils. Now, this is big, especially for little crumb snatchers, okay? They go to public school. You read a textbook, you watch a kid's cartoon. And what is drilled in their heads from wee high about fossils? It takes millions and millions of years for fossils to form, right? But again, just like with everything else, does it really take millions of years for, for fossils to form? No. All it takes is just the right conditions, which is exactly what you would have at the time of the flood. Let's take a look at some of that evidence uh, as well. Here's a fossilized hat completely turned to rock. It was Tom, obviously from a caveman. It was his hat and whatever it. Yeah, we'll get to that. There's no such thing as a caveman, at least not the evolution says today. Okay, uh, so obviously that didn't take millions of years to form. Okay, uh, here is a rubber sole boot containing a petrified human cowboy leg, bones and all. It was found in a dry creek bed uh, near West Texas town of Iran about 1980. The boot uh, was handmade by the ML Letty Boot Company in in, uh, San Angelo, Texas, which began manufacturing boots in 1936. Okay, Galen Letty, the nephew of the founder, believes the boot was made in the early 1950s. And what's interesting is that only the contents of the boot are fossilized, not the boot itself. And that's right, I had to throw this in there. I'm not making this up. Uh, He's since been called the limestone cowboy, as they refer to this in research. (laughs) Hey, you gotta roll with it. Uh, Here's a petrified tree with the unmistakable markings of an axe. I thought it took millions of years for the petrified forest. it's a bunch of baloney. That's obviously from a human, folks. Did dinosaurs chop wood in Arizona's petrified forest before they came petrified? I don't think so. Or, hey, I know if you're going to play that story. uh, Maybe they used petrified fence wire to build their fences. As this video shows, let's take a look at this.
2: When you see a fossil or hear the word, you should not automatically think millions of years. In an attempt to maintain the illusion that fossils automatically must be millions of years old, evolutionists dismiss the examples of young fossils as freaks of nature. However, there are many examples of recent fossils. It was low tide when a circular rock was seen on the Western Australian beach. A little over two feet in diameter, the wheel-shaped rock weighed 165 pounds. It was hard and solid, even ringing like a bell when struck. Even before it was cut open for study, the rock seemed unusual. Once it was cut open, it became clear that this was fossilised fence wire. Further analysis identified the wire as number eight fence wire that was used at a nearby sheep station between the years 1920 and 1970. It was standard practice that after 10 years old fence wires were replaced. The old wire was coiled and often disposed of into the sea. This fossil could only have been about 30 years old, not more than 80 years old. The existence of fossils does not disprove the Bible's account of history that makes the earth only 6,000 years old. If fossils can form in a relatively few years, 6,000 years are more than enough time to form all the millions of fossils we discover.
1: That's interesting. Why don't they show that on TV? Oh, that's right, because that'll really mess up uh, the government buying your turbo and cabulator. Okay, but let's move on. Here's another petrified hat, a bowler hat, from a village that was buried after a volcanic explosion uh, in New Zealand. Here's a petrified hand from the same village. Tom, don't make a sandwich from it. You'll bust your teeth every single time. You talk about dentist bills, I'm telling you. Uh, this, is, uh, this is awesome. Here's a fossilized human finger. Found in the mid-1980s. It was found by a landowner where uh, road gravel was being cored. You can actually see the fingernail impression still at the end there. Do you see it? folks? on it. At the end of the finger. The actual finger, fingernail. All right. So they put it to the test. They sawed it into there. Uh, and they x-rayed it. And they it examined You can still see the skin layers, the tendons, the, the marrow and the bones. Somebody obviously, quote, bear, was buried rapidly in some catastrophic event. Hmm. I wonder if that was the same finger that did this to Noah. You, wacko. You're a crazy man. What are you doing building this boat, saying there's going to be this weird stuff coming from the sky? Uh, right. Wow. Interesting stuff. Here's a well-preserved worm fossil found in Somerville County in Texas. Worms. You leave worms outside, how long do they last? That fossilized so fast, it, a worm. Give me a break, folks. Here's a petrified dog in a tree. Uh, this man, Don Brown, has the dog in a museum in Waycross, Georgia. Uh, a four-year-old dog was found 20 feet up inside this tree, possibly getting trapped there after looking for something, and it turned to stone only in a few years. Hey, if you're going to get visitors to Waycross, Georgia, you better have something pretty cool, okay? But, uh, but that, that's it. He still has it there. This is a picture showing a fossilized fish as it's giving birth. So, I mean, it, and there's tons of these examples, which prove there's no way that it takes millions of years for things to fossilize. This thing uh, fossilized so fast, got buried so fast, that it happened while it was giving birth. Right? That's the only logical conclusion. Because the other conclusion you would have to say, ladies, it takes millions of years to give birth, and how many are glad that's not true? Right? Okay? Obviously, it doesn't take millions of years to give birth. This shows that fossils of this nature must have been buried suddenly. Hmm, wonder what that was. Otherwise, they would have rotted away. Right? or been devoured by scavengers. When you find something dead in the desert per se, right? it just stays there perfectly formed. What happens? You got scavengers, you got birds that come and get it, you got bugs that come and get it, you got lizards that come and get it, and all you have is left is bones. I mean, if it really took something millions of years, it laid there dead for millions of years and then slowly got covered up, you shouldn't find anything, period, let alone you shouldn't find skin, scales, and great details. Did you know that that's what they find on dinosaurs? Let's watch this.
0: Normally, when an animal dies, it decays quickly. The skin decays and the bones fall apart or disarticulate. Finding fossilized soft tissue, such as skin, implies very rapid burial before it decayed. Describing a duck-billed dinosaur unearthed in South Dakota, one researcher said, you can see the individual scales because of the presence of skin and the complete articulation of the animal, it was obviously not killed and it was obviously not scavenged. A worldwide flood would rapidly bury animals, and rapidly buried animals, not buried slowly, are exactly what we see in the fossil record.
1: All right, I know this is going to mess up the turbo-concabulator, but, uh, you know, Tom, based on the evidence, it's almost like, uh, if you read the Bible, it explains everything you see everything and that there's no need to doubt even though they may have controlled the media they may have control of the educational system but you and i as a christian can stand on god's word he created everything just like that not over millions and billions of years amen okay but you might be thinking well, okay well pastor billy is it really that obvious uh yeah it is in fact the people who are honest with this information i'm talking philosophers i'm talking to other people who maybe also wear lab coats Okay, which apparently makes you smart. Uh, they're admitting it. Listen to these couple quotes as we close. This is, this is pretty obvious, okay? Uh, this guy, he works at the Atomic Energy Commission in USA, uh, Dr. Tomizian. He said, quote, Scientists who go about teaching that evolution, uh, uh, evolution is a fact or, uh, of life are what? His words, not mine. Great con men. And the story they are telling may be the greatest what? Hoax ever. In explaining evolution, we do not have one iota of fact. But if you repeat a lie loud enough, long enough, and often enough, people will believe it. Okay, And this one, Malcolm Muggeridge, he's a journalist philosopher, he said, I myself am convinced that the theory of evolution, especially to the extent of which it's been applied, will be one of the great jokes in the history bu- books of the future. Posterity will marvel that so flimsy and dubious hypothesis could be accepted with the incredible credulity that it has. But, of course why has it been accepted like that because they got control of the media and the educational system so people are being duped which I say this every single time so therefore the only way for people to find out the real truth whose shoulders is it on it's us that's it it's not going to come from anywhere else but you might be thinking well, okay Pastor Billy but you mentioned cave right but speaking of caves what, what about what about those cavemen story right and what about when evolution says, you know, hey, listen, we, 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 we all came from an ape, not from Adam. And we all started out, you know, the further you go back in time, man was dragging his knuckles and he turned into what we have today. What about those stories? Are those true? No. Uh, be here, Lord willing, next week and we're going to see the supposed evidence for their missing link. What a joke. You thought the turbo was bad? <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet, but we'll get to that, Lord willing, next week. Let's pray. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, Thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.
0: Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information you can give us a call at 7024528599 or email us at B crone com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at com.